Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget this festive season, if you're looking for the ideal thoughtful gift, either for your own wish list or to send to someone special, you can gift a subscription to Get Sleepy Premium. To find out more about our premium plans and to gift a subscription, go to getsleepy.com support or just follow the link in the show notes. Tonight's story was written by Kayla and will be read by Arif. We'll be hearing a sleepy Hanukkah story in which a family's fortunes change after they receive a visit from a rather mysterious stranger. First though, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I'd like to thank them for their support. This time of year tends to bring a lot of added pressure on our shoulders, and that can in part be due to the expectations of gift giving. But whether or not your family gives gifts during the holiday season, you get to define how you give to yourself. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love over the coming weeks. Therapy can be life-changing, gradually helping you to understand yourself better and to unlock coping mechanisms for dealing with challenging feelings, emotions, or events. It has always done that for me, and I'm proud to be able to tell my friends, both in person and all of you right here, that therapy is a really positive thing that I've tried. BetterHelp is a great place to start. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash get sleepy to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash get sleepy. Now my friends, let's settle in comfortably ready for a good night's rest. Those of you who've been listening to the show for a fair old time by now will likely know this already. But for our newer listeners, I want to share with you that one of the reasons, and in fact probably the biggest reason of all, that I became a sleep story narrator and was lucky enough to become the host of this show is because for as long as I can remember, I have struggled with my sleep. Over time, I've faced so much frustration, anxiety, low mood, and just sheer exhaustion, thanks to the difficulties that come with sleep deprivation. As I've grown older, though the problems haven't well and truly gone away, I've certainly learnt to cope better with them. I could list endless things I've tried over the years, but we'd be here for a long old time, and I know you want to hear our story. 
But as for tonight, I want to make it our goal to focus on just one thing in particular that I think is so important if you're finding sleep difficult to come by. And that is letting go of the pressure to get a good night's sleep. It sounds so simple, yet I know just how hard it is to truly relieve oneself of the desperate desire to fall asleep and stay asleep, especially if you're on a bad run of nights. So as you enjoy the comfort of your bed, the support of your pillow beneath your head, Take a nice, gentle breath in and softly, calmly release it back out. Just keep those slow, gentle breaths going for a little while longer. And while you do, Understand that the less pressure or force you give towards sleep, the more your body and mind will naturally allow it to come your way. Sleep isn't something we should actively try to do. So just tell yourself, there's no pressure whatsoever. You can listen along to our story, continuing to breathe in a relaxing rhythm and luxuriating in the coziness of your bed. And you're already resting just by being here, allowing your body to be still and your mind to slow down. So I'll make way for a reef, and I hope you enjoy the story is about to tell. We're traveling to the home of a family, getting ready to celebrate the winter holiday of Hanukkah. Once lived a family in a small town in Eastern Europe. They loved celebrating the holidays together with each other and their extended friends and family. And their favorite holiday of the year was Hanukkah, a winter festival of lights. All year, while the children, Deborah and Rebecca, learned in school, their parents, Rachel and Avi, worked hard in their community. They didn't make much money, 
But each day when they came home, they had a warm meal with their family and shared stories around the table. It was enough. Rachel worked at a small shop in town mending clothes. She loved creating beautiful designs for her neighbors. When the first snow fell, she listened to the needles clicking and clacking as she dreamed of the latkes and fried donuts they'd soon be eating for the holidays. Since Hanukkah celebrates a miracle of oil for one day lasting eight days, Jewish families continue the tradition by eating foods cooked in oil during the holiday. Avi watched the snow fall to the ground as he dried strips of leather for making shoes. Knowing the holiday was coming closer, he started placing any extra coins he had into a copper bowl on the mantel above the fireplace at home. The children joined in too. If they found a coin on the way home from school, they'd pick it up and put it in the bowl. The coins in the little copper bowl would help them get everything they'd need for the holiday, like wax for candles for the menorah, a candelabra with eight arms, one for each night. They'd also need flour, potatoes, onions, garlic, and chocolate money. The whole family agreed that latkes were one of their favorite foods. During the rest of the year, they ate vegetable soups and stews, or steamed turnips and peas. But on Hanukkah, they listened to the sizzle of latkes, patties of potato, onion, egg, and flour, frying in the pan. Flipped hot out onto a plate, they'd top it with chopped apples or sour cream. It was a special tradition that they looked forward to all year. Even though flour could be tough to get in their town, there was always just enough to make latkes. As knit scarves and sweaters came out of the closet, everyone could feel the excitement for the holiday pulsing through the village. As the days started getting shorter, the family spent more time inside preparing for Hanukkah. Avi fished the copper menorah out from the bottom of the cupboard, and the children cleaned and polished it. Rebecca found their dreidels, spinning tops, in a box in her closet and presented them to her family. They placed them on the mantel above the fireplace, ready.
ready for evenings of playing dreidel by the glowing light of the menorah. In the week before Hanukkah, they went to the market to get beeswax for the candles. When the wax melted, the whole home filled with a sweet honey scent. Then Deborah and Rebecca sliced and molded the soft warm wax into thin candles. The beeswax warmed their fingers during the chilly evenings. They did their work wrapped in knit sweaters and scarves, staying cozy in the cool air. They needed enough candles for all eight nights, and the shamash, the tallest candle used to light the others, was rolled and smoothed out with great care. When the girls were done, Rachel used a needle to carve dreidels into the wax. Avi proclaimed they were the most beautiful candles he'd ever seen. The day before Hanukkah, a thin layer of snow covered the whole town. The family bundled up in their warmest sweaters and coats, pulled on wool hats, and slipped into leather boots. Outside, the sun glistened on the snow as fat snowflakes floated down from the sky. It was quiet on their street, the snow muffling the usual sounds of people playing, talking, and working. But as they got closer to the market, they started to hear voices, laughter, and music. They went to the market every week, but only during holiday times did it have such a festive air. Rebecca and Deborah saw some of their friends playing dreidel on a table and ran to join them. Rachel and Avi waved to their neighbors and accepted cups of hot tea while they shared their plans for the holidays. It's just us this year, Avi said. Our cousins couldn't make it. It will be enough said Rachel. As the sun reached the midday point, the children said goodbye to their friends, and the family wandered down the rows of market stalls, gathering what they needed for the holiday. They got three big bags of potatoes, a dozen brown eggs, white onions that blended in with the snow, cloves of garlic that made their hands smell pungent, and a small bag of finely ground flour. It would be just enough for the perfect batch of latkes. When they had everything they needed, they had just enough coins to get some fried donuts. They ate them on their way home, crispy, soft, 
and warm, with strawberry jam oozing from the center. The familiar tastes made the excitement for the holiday the next day grow. Just one more sleep until the festival of lights. They went to sleep that night, dreaming of spinning tops, flickering candle flames, the smells of frying latkes, and the sounds of a house full of conversation and laughter. Deborah and Rebecca woke to the smell of onions and garlic. They ran downstairs to see their parents grating potatoes for the latkes. They all took turns grating potatoes and onions. When their eyes began to water, they couldn't tell if it was from the onions or the laughter. When everything was chopped and grated, they put it in a big bowl and cracked a few eggs on top. The girls took turns digging their hands into the mixture, feeling the cold potato and squeezing the moisture between their fingers. Finally, Avi sprinkled in the flour. The mixture was ready. They put the mixture in the refrigerator and set the oil by the stove. Before dinner, they'd cook the latkes fresh. For now, there were other things to get ready. They placed the menorah on a small table by the window. They placed the shamash, the lighter candle, in the center holder, and the candle for the first night in the right holder. Each night, they'd add an extra candle, so that by the last night, the entire menorah would be lit with glowing candles. Next, Avi and Rachel gave the girls each a few chocolate coins they'd gotten for them at the market. Laughing, the girls grabbed their dreidel off the shelf and ran next door to play with their friends. No matter who won the game, they'd all share their chocolate together. As the girls played, their parents finished preparing the rest of the food for the holiday meal. Nothing went to waste, but they didn't lack either. As Rachel loved to say, there was just the right amount. Fresh chicken soup with matzo balls simmered on the stove, and spiced chicken roasted in the oven. Rachel made her famous simis dish, passed on from her grandmother to her mother, and now to her. The sweet spices mixed in with the mashed carrots created a delightful orange color. Soon the sun began to set, and the girls came home to light the first Hanukkah candles. As the family gathered by the window, 
Rebecca set the shamash in its place, feeling the smooth beeswax in her hand, and Deborah placed another candle in the first candle holder. Just as Rachel was about to strike a match, there was a knock at the door. She put down the match and went to open the door, wondering if a neighbor needed to borrow something or if a friend might want to join them after all. When Avi opened the door, a man was there, bundled in a thin coat against the cold. Avi invited him in, and Rachel offered a cup of tea. The stranger told them he was traveling through town and didn't have anywhere to stay for the night. They invited the stranger to spend the holiday with them. You should stay all week, Rachel told him. We have just enough space to make you up a bed in the living room and a place at the table. The man smiled and took off his coat. Deborah helped Avi light a fire in the fireplace so everyone could get warm. When the first logs were crackling, the family and the stranger returned to the menorah. Rachel offered the stranger the match, and he lit the shamash and first candle. Together the family and the stranger chanted the prayers and sang some of their favorite Hanukkah songs. Avi set an extra plate for the stranger at the table, and they all gathered in the kitchen to fry the latkes. Deborah and Rebecca stuck their hands in the mixture, feeling the cold gooiness of the potatoes, flour, onion, and eggs, and scooped up handfuls. They rolled them into balls and then flattened them between their palms. Rachel started the stove and poured some oil in. Everyone, even the stranger, took turns dropping latkes into the pan and hearing the sizzle as the potato mixture met oil. Avi and Rachel flipped them over in the pan, revealing a rich golden brown color. Rachel shredded a bit more potato and onion to add to the mixture. There would be just enough for the five of them this night. The guest helped carry the latkes, bowls of soup, and plates of roasted chicken, spicy carrots, and chopped cabbage to the table. They slurped on bowls of chicken soup, the liquid warming them all from the cold day, and enjoyed the soft heartiness of the matzo balls, a special treat they made for each holiday. Inhaling the steam made everyone feel cozy. Finally, It was time for the latkes. 
everyone took a few on their plates. Some added chopped apples, and others preferred sour cream. Deborah added both. When Rebecca and Deborah took their first bites of latka, their mouths turned into smiles. The potato pancakes were perfectly crispy on the outside and soft on the inside. They chewed slowly, savoring the rich, salty flavor and feeling the crunch of the crisp outside, reminding them of the oil that was meant to last only one night, but lasted eight instead. The soft carrots and crunchy coleslaw were perfect accompaniments, and the apples on top of the latkes gave them just the perfect amount of sweetness. The stranger told the family stories of his travels, and they happily shared their festive food with him, knowing there'd be just enough to go around. The stories their guest told sounded truly fantastical to the family. He'd been to places where it was hot all year round, even during Hanukkah time, and others where the seasons were reversed. He'd traversed mountain peaks and followed rivers through the lush valleys. He'd met people from all over the world and tried all different sorts of foods, but latkes were his favorite, too. Hearing his tales, everyone in the family gave the man an extra latka off their plate. They'd have to wait until next year to have more. But this man didn't know when he'd next get to taste this most delicious treat again. When they finished eating, the family and the stranger gathered around the fireplace. The fire burned steadily, dancing on the logs with red, orange, and blue flames, keeping the home warm on the chilly winter night. Rebecca took the dreidel down from the mantel, and Deborah shared their chocolate coins with their guests. They went around the circle, each taking a turn spinning the wooden dreidel. It was similar to a spinning top, but with four sides, each with a letter on it to symbolize the essence of the holiday. Great miracles happened there. The dreidel spun round and round on the wood floor before it eventually decided to land with one letter sticking up. They guessed which letter would come up top and bet their chocolate coins on it, laughing each time they were right or wrong. By the window, the candles and the menorah burnt lower, wax dripping down the metal holder. As the children and their guest played, 
Avi and Rachel went to stand by the window. The flames reflected in the glass panes, and when they looked outside, the menorahs of their neighbors glittered in the dark night. They stood, listening to the sounds of their family and the light wind against the windows until the candles fully burnt out. When they turned back to the game of dreidel, they saw the fire was getting low as well. It was time to go to bed. Rachel brought out blankets and a pillow for their guest, and Avi boiled water and put it in a metal container to keep the blankets warm. In the now dark living room, the stranger wrapped himself in blankets and lay down on the pillows. Rebecca and Deborah went to their room and crawled into bed, their eyes getting droopy from the excitement of the day. Avi and Rachel went to their bed as well, the joyousness of the holiday keeping smiles on their faces as they drifted off to sleep. When they crawled out of bed the next morning, excited for the second night of Hanukkah, they came to the living room and found that the stranger had gone. The blankets and pillows were folded neatly on the sofa, but there was no other sign of the stranger. They knew the stranger liked to travel, but they were sad he hadn't spent at least one more night with them, or even said goodbye. Then, Deborah saw something on the mantelpiece. There was a brown paper bag with a note on top. It was from the stranger, thanking them for being such generous hosts and wonderful latka cookers and dreidel players. He explained he had to continue on his travels, but wanted to leave them with a gift as thanks. When they opened the bag, they found a big bag of flour, a jar of olive oil, chocolate coins, and silk scarves. Rebecca pulled a silk scarf loose and danced around the room laughing. We have enough flour to make latkes every night, she said. When Rachel saw the contents of the bag, she whispered, It is more than enough. That afternoon, they hung the silk scarves from the wall. Avi scraped the wax from the night before out of the candle holders and the girls placed fresh beeswax candles in for the second night. Rachel shredded potatoes and onions. Everyone took turns sprinkling the flour in the bowl, excited for a fresh batch of latkes. When it was time to cook, they poured the oil in the pan 
and pressed the mixture together between their palms, dropping them in the oil. It seemed like they'd never run out. As they fried latka after latka, they packed them on trays. When they were done cooking, they each took a bite of a warm, crispy latka and smiled. But they weren't ready to light the candles yet. Instead, they wanted to share their good fortune with their neighbors. They put on their coats and scarves and went outside. The snow crunched under their boots as they went from neighbor's house to neighbor's house, sharing their latkes with everyone on their street. They told them the story of the stranger and the gift he had left them, and everyone was excited that such an adventurous and kind man had visited their town. When the latkes had all run out, the family came back home to light the candles. They took off their boots and coats and started a fire in the fireplace to warm up. Rachel struck a match and lit the shamash candle. Rebecca and Deborah each lit one of the candles to symbolize the second night of Hanukkah. They gazed out the window Seeing the lights of their neighbors' menorahs felt like their friends were waving at them. Sitting down at the table, it was time to eat the latkes they'd saved for themselves. But there was another knock at the door. At first, they thought it might be the stranger returning, but they opened it to see their neighbors. They'd brought mashed apples and sour cream and cheese and cabbage and carrots. Everything they'd need to go with their latkes to make them extra delicious. Smiling, the family brought the food back inside. Everyone piled their plates high with latkes. Biting into the crunchy, warm potato pancakes, they tasted even better, knowing that they'd gotten to share their good fortune with their friends. And their friends had shared right back. After the meal, the family sat down to play dreidel. They missed their guest from the night before and his stories of being on the road. But with his gifts so present in their celebration, it almost felt like he was still there. Finally, it was time to go to bed again. Everyone snuggled under the blankets with smiles. The family drifted off to sleep dreaming of the latkes they'd make tomorrow and how they'd add a new candle to the menorah each night. Soon, all of the windows in their neighborhood 
would be sparkling with joyous lights in the dark night sky.